0: This morning's epistle lesson comes from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Hear now the word of God. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, we even take pride in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I am sure that many of you have had some key phrases or things that you've learned along your upbringing, those things that kind of stick with you. And for me, there's a phrase that gets repeated in my household, and it's uh, as I was growing up. My mom would say to me, Life's not fair. And that was in refrain or in response to, of course, me complaining about some rules or some sort of thing I was going through. I'm like, that's not fair. My mom would always respond, life's not fair. So I've taken that with me, that life is not fair. But it seems to not quite hit the mark. It's sort of a cliche, and it's really not what I want to hear. It's not that helpful. In response to my complaint and it sounds to me in our scripture this morning that i just read that paul is kind of doing that same thing paul says that troubling or suffering produces endurance and endurance pro- produces character and it sounds like paul is saying suck it up buttercup it builds character And there's something to that, there is some truth to that, but that's not helpful, it's not what you want to hear when you're suffering or when you're having problems. You know, thanks, I've really already got enough character I don't need any more. And to be honest with you, it doesn't seem to follow rationally to me that character leads to hope. It's not really what I want to hear, it's not my first inclination. To feel hopeful when I'm suffering. And I think some of you probably can relate to that. And maybe you've had some problems or difficulties this week. Because my mom was right. Life is not fair. It's hard. And maybe this week you had the same argument with your spouse that you've had over and over and over again. Or you went to a job interview and you didn't get that phone call for that, the callback for the second interview that you really, really were hoping for. Or maybe you have an ongoing disagreement with a family member. And this week you saw a flare-up in that to remind you of that sort of needling disagreement. Or maybe there was a friend of yours that had to be taken to the hospital suddenly. There are all these things that we have in our lives that we hope for that don't go our way. And then you layer on top of that the things that are happening in the world around us. We see the repeated gun violence that occurs over and over and over again in all kinds of places, the streets, in office buildings, in doctor's buildings, in schools, in places of worship. And looming over our head, we have the threat to abortion rights, and we wait for our highest court to make some decisions about that. And we can be discouraged by the fact that racism is entrenched in the systems of our society that prevent people of color from living into their whole selves. And we see in the war in Ukraine, these powers, these rulers that are battling each other for control and for sovereignty. It brings about for us these feelings of helplessness and futility, and really, Paul says to us, endurance, go ahead, endure this. Endurance builds character. But we continue to be troubled, and we long for hope. And the reality is, we live in a broken world. Life is hard, and we are broken people. And so if we are drawing our hope from the structures and the order of this world, we are certain to be disappointed, but that's not the hope that Paul is talking about. I get it. Sometimes it can be hard to maintain that hope. I get discouraged, and I I lose sight of that hope myself, but we are making a difference, and we are transforming lives right here in the midst of this community of faith I think back to Confirmation Sunday and the young people that were gathered here who choose to embrace a life of following and believing in Christ. And our seniors that we celebrated on Graduation Sunday, these are lives that were cultivated and that were brought up and taught and nurtured in this community. If you've ever been a part of breakfast or supper club, You have seen the wonderful ministry that this church has in welcoming people, not just providing them with something to eat, but a place that they can call home and feel belonging. So much so that you can see it when they give you their true thanks and gratitude after a meal, or when they come to share with you good news in their own lives. They're so excited to be a part of this community and say, I now have a job or I now have a place of my own, my own home. And that is coming from here, from this church. I think back to the many times that I have seen over my time here in ministry with you and as a member of this church, that you have surrounded one another in care and love and kindness who have rallied around one another and making decisions about how to raise your children and dealing with those angsty teenage years and all sorts of personal problems that you have in your life and relating with your spouses and and within times of crisis, of of health, and um, at times of mourning. I have seen that happen here in this community. For me specifically, one of those moments stands out. It was a period of time in which Mary Wolper was called home, fell ill, and she was in the hospital and in hospice. And I saw love on all of the people who came to visit Mary, who came to support her family. And I'm telling you that that action of all of you did make a difference for Mary. And it did make a difference for her family. And of course, the witness of this church for inclusion, the many, many ways we can talk about how you make a difference in the lives of those in our community and even beyond. There have been many times during my ministry where I have welcomed someone here who has not felt welcomed by a church. I can think of a specific example of a young man who came to me after a service, and I prayed with him on the steps because he had just come out to his parents that night before, and he needed a place of homecoming, of welcome, of belonging, and he was so grateful that he could experience that here at St. Mark. And so there are many times when this church Has done that for so many. That's possible because of this church which you created. The character of this church was formed through suffering and born out of love. This is where the church is living out Christ's love. And it shows us that our hope is in God's grace, God's mercy, and God's ultimate glory in perfection. You see, Paul was not commanding us to seek out suffering as a way of getting hope. Paul was speaking as an insider, one who stands in God's grace. Paul was reflecting on his own Christian experience and that of his colleagues. Paul had a long ministry. All of the letters that Paul wrote to the churches The early Christian community, teaching and instructing them how to deal with their problems. And so Paul could see what his Christian siblings had done in the midst of brokenness and how God had been in their midst throughout their journey. I have been on a journey with you all myself. As Jess said, I've been here for nine years on staff, but my journey started long before that. I was actually a member of this congregation probably uh, 14 or 15 years ago is when I started to be sitting in the pews and singing in the choir. And so I have seen a lot here. I have seen you grow and I have grown. My family has grown. Bob and I got married in the chapel here. And Grant, of course, you recall, I was pregnant and grew Grant here. (laughs) And so there have been many things and changes in in my own growth in my spiritual walk. Now think back to all the things that I have seen and been a part of in ministry together with you. The number of children that have come through these doors and through our children's ministry, some of them only for a season, but some of them... I see have grown up and are still here and some of them have even grown up to teenage years and and adulthood and I think about all of the number of children that I have played with and sung with and danced with and run around with tambourines and shakers and VBS over the many years that I've been involved in that here. I was fortunate enough to be involved with some of you on several Habitat houses. I believe the last one I actually slung a hammer at with you all was the 17th one that St. Mark has done. So I participated probably in about five or six of those in my time here at St. Mark. And I think back to all of the women and children that we have helped take a step forward by offering them a safe haven At Wiggins House, or the welcome that I received in all of the Sunday school classes to teach and be a part of your community of faith as you grow together. I've watched this community work with outside agencies through Midtown Assistance Center, Jerusalem House, the AIDS Walk, Breakthrough House. There are so many ways that this church has been engaged in the community beyond these doors. And of course, what can be said about St. Mark if you don't mention Pride Sunday? If you've never been at a Pride Sunday at St. Mark, then you don't know pride. This is where the heart of who you are shines through gloriously. The number of years that you have welcomed and affirmed people in wholeness and goodness, and I've been a part of that and to be able to see that. I have even seen members of this church literally give the coat off of their back to someone in need. I have seen the Holy Spirit. I have seen welcome and love in this church as the source of hope and healing. I have seen God in your midst. This is where people come to experience God's love. Made real in the reality of our messy lives. And that's hope that does not disappoint. As I prepared for my last Sunday with you all, all of these things were on my mind and I had um, so many feelings and thoughts that I wanted to express. And I'm usually not one to use someone else's words, but after recounting all of that, I feel like it's good. I wrote some things down that I wanted to share with you. I found a reflection in my books as I was packing up my books, because of course I was in denial that I was even leaving, and I have just packed my books up this week. And I came across a reflection uh, called The Sewing and and going, and it's a, a reflection that compares leaving in ministry to gardening. And I'm a gardener. I like plants. And thank you to those of you who were, were at the reception this morning. Um, I was gifted a beautiful plant. And so that um, is very touching to me that I, I receive something that really speaks to me and how I, I like to look at the world and growing and nurturing things. And so as I found this reflection, I thought it was very appropriate to share with you about my thoughts on my time at St. Mark, my leaving, and your ministry. So let me share with you the sowing and the going. (coughs) I did the planting, but God made things grow. Days of hard hoeing, careful setting of seeds, Delight of daylight, announcement of green touches. Earthen secrets gave birth. After hours in the garden, a greater meaning comes between the tiny herbs and tender shoots of vegetables. Autumn will find me elsewhere the garden left to harvest by hands that never knew the birth of its greening. So it is with my ministry. The garden encircles the truth. Sowing and going are trademarks, familiar patterns for disciples. The tug of the sowing and going is tempered by the stronger hold of a much greater gardener, one who sowed first seed, who entrusted the growth to others and gave himself to the going. So I stand reflectively in my garden, praying the heart of sowing and going and wanting to join the journey. Friends, I have seen the seeds are planted here. The garden is growing. The Holy Spirit is at work here. You know what Christ has done for our past. You just recited it this morning in the Nicene Creed, which talks about that faith that we have. And it's because of that faith that we have peace and forgiveness. A faith that lets us let go of feeling like we have to go it alone. And being able to acknowledge God's love for us. We stand in God's grace. It surrounds us. You know what it cost for God to bring us back into the fold. You just recited it this morning. That Jesus Christ, God's only son, died for us. And so what God started at such great cost. We have faith that God will complete. We have hope in the promise of God's glory for the future. I have confidence that you will continue to boast in the hope of God's glory, that you will proclaim and celebrate joy and love in the midst of this congregation and this people of faith. You will continue to share that hope. There are so many reasons to give up to not do anything, to not act. But there's one really good reason to do something. God's love for us will always prevail. And sharing that love is a source of hope for us and for those around us. And it will transform the world. I know because your love transformed me. And I take that gift with me. I will need that gift. Just as you need that that hope. There are times which we feel like we can't act. But I will leave you with some words that are meaningful for me. When I get a bit discouraged to remind me to do something. It comes from Mother Teresa, an adapted prayer that I call it do it anyway. And this is what it says. What you spend years creating over... What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis... It is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Yes, this world is broken. It's time for justice, mercy, reconciliation, inclusion. It's also time for the hungry to be fed, the sick to be healed, slaves to be freed, and the lonely to be comforted. It's time for the world to be transformed through God's Holy Spirit of love. St. Mark, continue tending God's garden with your love and hope will spring forth. Amen.